here movie review show where we explore cinema. We learn wait, the wait, 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 wait. What the hell is going on right now? We, have we not always just sort of had it so that this was not a movie review show? This was not like a parenting advice show because then suddenly we're on the hook for all the internet nerds out there who are like going to rip us apart by not being one million percent accurate. Well, it, it, it turns out I got us insurance. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So now we can have, we can do wild claims. Okay. Perfect. We can fucking do anything. That's, we are bulletproof Have you now. hired an artistic director to take us in an entirely different direction <laughs> while I was away? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. Uh, it is another personality of mine. That, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and he changes oh, no. a lot. Is no, what, you know what? It, are we going to go full James McAvoy on this? Are going to come in with one of your different 28 personalities and soul split? Nice, guys, nice. wait till you get the beast. No, oh, ooh. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Uh, no, it is, well, it turns out we, we're, we're a bit behind in our recording here for a, a few reasons. Sure, sure. Uh, one is it turns out that we need to earn money to pay for things. This is a newer concept, and so sure. work has gotten in the way a little bit. Here, you're you're so. being very kind. I think, wow. um, honestly, there's been a lot of conflicting schedules and stuff and travel. And yeah. uh, honestly, the one time we tried to do this remotely uh, so was for Conan. Oh my God, it was so shit. <laughs> I'm ne I've never been more disappointed in a single thing that come out of my mouth yeah. than listening to the horrendous garbage. So uh, yeah. that was that podcast. So anyway, we did re-record it. We did. Uh, we've we never did. really re-recorded one before, but that one Not was a must. Yeah. And, and again, without without you and I being able to kind of go back and forth like this, yeah. uh, something magical is lost. That's it. That's it. So we, we decided to wait and we delayed until we could sit face to face yeah. and do that. And that's okay. That's all right. Truth is, I have a, a small disclosure. Yeah. I was actually on the grid. Fighting, <laughs> fighting for the users. And that, you know, I started a whole civilization. Yeah. And time there is very different than time here. So, wow. Welcome wow. Back. So welcome you're back. the Flynn. You know who I am? Uh, you're the Tron. No, no. I'm the guy who asks uh, Alan for his popcorn. And oh. that he's finished with it. <laughs> Excellent. What is my name in the movie again? Do you remember? Uh, like, popcorn I, guy. Popcorn guy? <laughs> no kidding. That's the one. You know what? Hey, no, no, that's me. That's me, mom, dad. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm asking for his... I get that popcorn, by the way. I was like, say, he gives it to me. Did you so. know that you're that annoying in real life as well? So, so his parents <laughs> just like, popcorn. we yeah. our, our shame continues on the big screen. That's fantastic, son. Fantastic. Well, so so a few things have happened. So now we're, um, you know, production's ramping up. We've got editors. We've got producers now. Hey. We're away. And... Well, speaking of which, you managed yeah. to get like a big a big win for our little podcast. I, it's, a, it's a big little win. It's, it's more embarrassing than a win. It's yes. more like, oh, I, I actually read their terms and conditions kind of thing. Things, well, so. literacy is one of those key components that helps to make a lot of things in life go smoother. Yeah, so. this is it. So it turns out we, okay, so we weren't able to get on uh, Apple Podcasts for a long time. And, right. and, and and I could not figure out why. I tried what I thought was everything. I made new accounts. I tried, you know, with the, they said it was something to do with the, the resolution of the photos. So I, I, I lowered the resolution as much as possible. I was going to say, is it the resolution of the photos of your nudes that you were sending? Because maybe that's why they wouldn't let us on. I'm sure it was just like, oh, oh, no, oh. low res, low res. Oh, take it down. <laughs> that's a new artistic direction. We're taking that as well, that's is... Uh, Photos that that are meant to grotesque. The grotesque is what we're doing here. You should days. get your shy box because it should be a little bit more, you know, I don't know, wholesome. Well, I gave my box a good shiny. I <laughs> thought right. that was gonna be. Oh, oh god! Whoa! <laughs> anyway, so don't look at our TikTok feed. <laughs> so it turns out 
It turns out that um, I had it opposite, that we need to increase the resolution. Well. Uh, there's a lot about res. You don't want to get de -res? Yeah, I know. Oh, oh my god. This is so happening. I had to increase the resolution sure, of sure. it. And it turns out we are now on Apple Podcasts. Now, uh, I had actually forgotten about this, but in kind of our pre-recorded uh, thank yous at the end of all our podcast, yep. I shit all over Apple. Because well, I don't know that so you difficult. shit on them, but you're just kind of saying they're kind of jerks. Yeah. Which, I mean... But they let us on. They let us on. <laughs> so now we have to grovel. Do we change our ending now to thank them magnanimously and then poop on other groups? Like, I do think we still they need, will. Do we need a focused enemy? Yeah, like iHeartRadio or something like that. Even oh. though we're on there already. Are we really? Yeah, we are. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll find another um, antagonist that we can focus our collective venom on. The Albanians. The oh, ooh, you what, Albanians. What was that from? Is it from uh, Johnny Dangerously? Oh, yeah. Where they always hated the Albanians and then they had to change to a different focused enemy <laughs> at the end of that? Anyway, we'll, we'll find a, a marginalized group that, no, no, none no. of these PC days. So <laughs> no, think no, no, That, no, that no. will be suicide for our that podcast. One. The one listener from Albania now is <laughs> no already... No kidding. Forget you! No kidding. Yeah. I'm switching to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you're right, you're right. It is, uh, it's not an advice show. Let's, let's keep that going, because it's too much work to do something different at this point. And it's not a parenting show. We don't tell you how to parent. You should know by now, morons. <laughs> oh, See, there's a thing you wouldn't do as a parent. Yeah, you that's don't be, Don't belittle your audience. That's right, I gotta work on that, you know, because again, that, that insurance has emboldened me. Think of all the asks we have in general. We, yeah. We're late, yeah. uh, we're like pooping on some of our like people who are gonna host our podcast, yeah. and now we're belittling the audience. That's and, it. Uh, so no, we, we're really doing it all wrong. Yeah, that's the ham trifecta there. That's so it. we'll, uh, well, I'm gonna rein that back in. I, so, want you, I want you to pull out like a really offensive accent. <laughs> let's, let's run with that, because I mean. Ooh, yeah. You know what? I was trying. Uh, oh, is it the Spader? <laughs> no, but I'm still working on the James oh. Spader. It wasn't really um, offensive, it just wasn't it wasn't. good. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Hey, we're back, baby. That's it. <laughs> I brought with me some sizzle. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, I was working on other accents. A uh, Jeff Goldblum, I was trying out. Okay, okay. I was trying to do a. Um, what was I trying to do? The, a Werner Herzog. Oh, um, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's fun a one. hard one. Oh, speaking of which, have you started on The Mandal Mandalorian yet? Yeah, well, I haven't seen season two, or not season two, but I haven't seen episode two yet. Oh, I see, okay. But first episode was, was nice with Carl Weathers. Okay, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen anything. I've seen none of that. Yeah. I'm just catching up on Last of Us. Oh. And we just started uh, uh, Daisy Jones and the uh, and the Six. No, I don't know this. It's kind of interesting. It's supposed. It was a, It's based on some source material, but uh, it's kind of loosely about Fleetwood back. Oh, shoot. Okay, really okay, really okay. cool. We watched the first three episodes with Laura uh, yesterday. It was really oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, it's pretty fun. And the six. I'm going to check that out. There's, you know, I mean, it's not perfect, but I mean, I like that era. And yeah. uh, it kind of starts in the, you know, 60s, 70s. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh. Pretty interesting. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Um, we've got a lot kind of coming up here. we got a fun event, too. Before we get into kind of our parenting wins and Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, sure. we got a fun event coming up. Something um, that has become, that's a third year doing it, I think. No, it's more than that. Is that fourth? Year maybe. I think so. How? Jeez, when when yeah. did he die? Oh, that's it, a it started question, almost yeah. immediately after, and it was kind of closely timed to it. Yeah. So hold on, let me just look that up. But anyway, so you explain get the event. So um, every year around this time in March, around March seventeenth, where a lot of people typically um, do a lot of cultural appropriation, they go and they celebrate St. Patrick's Day, even though they are not necessarily Irish, and that they, uh, you know, they don't necessarily understand the true meaning of the holiday. Um, <laughs> five, 85. Yeah, it's been five years. Oh, five years. Oh, yeah. shit. No, he died in 2017. Oh, okay. There you go. So he, he died uh, February 25th, 2017. Yeah. And I think almost immediately after there was the one year anniversary, we we're like, you know what? Let's yeah. do something to celebrate this guy. So we now celebrate around this time. We celebrate 
St. Paxton's Day. Mm-hmm. And that is to celebrate all the filmography, as much as we can get through with a bottle of whiskey, uh, and as, as much as we can celebrate the genius that was Bill Paxton. You know what? Everything that this guy does, he's memorable, right? Like, I'm yes. thinking about all the little bit part, like in Terminator, for example, yeah. or when I think about... He's got weird like, tire tracks on his <laughs> face. <laughs> Or weird science, or like, yeah. I mean, he's such a fun guy to watch. Yeah. Uh, and the problem is, I actually like him better in small roles than I like him in big roles. Same. So, I mean, like, I was thinking about Twister. Yeah. And Twister's a fine film, but it's like, yeah. he doesn't have that same sort of punch because I think he's trying to be more even. Yeah. But when he just sort of shows up and delivers something, <laughs> you're like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> when they let him off the leash, man. Yes. I love his stuff. I mean, uh, we. Every there has to be aliens, obviously. Every year to see him just lose his shit is oh, wonderful. True lies too. Like he's, oh, just, he's such a devil. Yeah. He's incredibly quotable. Yeah, he is. Every line he's got in that yeah. is quotable. So that um, all his little bit parts, near dark, love his work in there. Yep. So we celebrate by spending the day celebrating um, Bill Paxton and all his filmography. Again, as far as we can get. Uh, while pounding a, a little whiskey. A little worry. bit of whiskey. You yeah. Uh, spill a drop for our homie. That's it. That's yeah. it. So um, we're excited about that. We're going to celebrate that next week. And um, we have invited some some friends. We have our dear friend Chad, our dear brother, Chad uh, Fletch, who's yep. going to come. Fletcher. <laughs> who's going to... I never know his actually his real name. I was like, is it Fletch? Is it Fletcher? It's Fletcher. It is Fletcher. Yeah. But we call him He's Fletch. a maker of arrows. Yeah. That's, that was his historic... Uh, Fletch, is, uh, Fletcher is someone who makes arrows. Oh, wonderful. Please continue. No kidding. I'm going to bore the shit out of you. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are back to cinema. No kidding. Um, so uh, we, we've got him coming along. We're going to watch some great films. And um, we've invited, uh, hopefully we can hook up with our buddies, the Three Geeky Dads, to at least watch one film there, which would be awesome. Yeah, to, uh, just to, to riff through some stuff, yeah. or maybe find one that's particularly um, fun, pokeable, worthy, and just get through some stuff. I think that's that'd be it. really fun. Well, I, I've, I suggested the hilarious uh, Bill Paxton film, Frailty. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Bring, that's, that's a hard one. Bring your Kleenex box. That's it. That's oh, okay. it. Okay. Well, he kills a lot of people. He might have to. <laughs> uh, right, so rightfully so. We've we've got that happening. So some fun stuff um, that we'll do there, and we'll talk about it obviously uh, in the aftermath of that. But um, okay, let's get into this. Wow. What's um what's what what's been happening? Kind of yeah, yeah. So uh, this this last week or last couple mm-hmm. of weeks, I was in Copenhagen and I had like a work conference I had to go to. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely to go to Europe. It's like plus eight there. There was oh. no snow. I'm like, I'm singing in the rain. <laughs> it was lovely. I was like, oh, this is so great. Yeah. Um. And then you know what? It's just um. It was fun. It was a good work trip. Uh, but of course it was really hard because I actually had some stuff at the front of that trip and then some stuff at the back end of that trip. Mm-hmm. So I was gone for almost nine days. So when I got home, um, normally what happens in the mornings is when I go to wake the kids up and get them ready for school and I came in, you know, on a Tuesday night and then when, woke up Wednesday morning, uh, I usually go wake up Scarlett and then I'll like bring her to bed and I'll carry her down and we you know, kind uh-huh. of set her up and kind of, you know, make breakfast and stuff. Nice. But she wasn't in her bed oh. and I was like, oh God. Uh, so feeling around, I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, great, first day back and I've already lost a kid. <laughs> Uh, but she was actually down in bed with Julian, and she was kind of having a little snuggle, and I was, and, and I was like, oh, I kind of walked away, and she's like, dad, 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 and I'm like, oh, oh, there you are, and she's like, oh, I missed you so much, and she just kind of like sna- snuggled on, and she's been like super, super, like very affectionate this last little bit, and it just, it's a huge reminder, like, yeah. yes, you, you do the things you do to kind of um, either accelerate your career or to be present mm-hmm. for the role that you've got, but honestly, I gotta. I'm really mindful right now about balance and trying to find times where yeah. uh, I don't need to do things, and if I don't, I'm not going to go. Like, 
I have a trip potentially to Milan in June, and I was like, oh, this would be so great. Like, I'm going to go to Italy, and I might just pass on it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. Anyway, um, so that was really nice, and it was great to see the kids. Yeah. Um, I ended up, um, on the way back, coming in business class. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is lovely because you get like a little pod, you get to lay sure. back. Oh man, it was so swank. But what they did have was these little um, cosmetic bags for sleeping, little sleeping oh, yeah, kits. Yeah, yeah. And so I ended up uh, knowing another person who was on the flight, so I had two of these little kits, and then I made little travel kits for the girls, and I'm like, look, I'm going to take you both on a flight, and oh. you know, we're going to go do some stuff. And so I made them like, it had eye masks and cream and lip balm, and I got them other like gummy bears and stuff to just kind of make them little travel kits and some totes so that we can actually go to a trip together, so they can experience kind of what that's like. So. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, I mean, it's, it was free. I know, but, but that, still, it's it's that, that, that effort, it, it doesn't have to be expensive. It's just making sure you take the time to to go, oh, hey, and, and here's, here's about my trip, and you get to talk about it and get them excited about something to do in the future. Well, I'm going to ask you this question. When yeah. we were kids, we didn't really travel that much. Like, oftentimes, no. Mom and Dad would go to, like, Hawaii yeah. or we Central America, South America. A lot of we got places. slept a lot. <laughs> Grandma, Granny and Grandpa would come, either we'd go to them or they'd come to us, yeah. and yeah, we kind of got managed a bit until, I'd say what, uh, maybe it was like 14, 15? Yeah. And then we could just look after ourselves, I mean, we were pretty self-sufficient That's at it. that point. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so to your point, yeah, we never, I mean, we got to see uh, the photos. They were kind enough to show us the photos of their trips. <laughs> okay. We could smell the lotion on them still, like the That's suntan it. lotion and stuff. Yeah, and, and when, when our father would uh, take... Illegal uh, kind of statues. That's from it. Uh, he was he was our own Indiana Jones taking artifacts and bringing <laughs> them back. This belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. Ham, it's a the museum. Yeah. So well, yeah, who's, who's the Belloc in this? Oh, like, who's, who's the? I guess he's kind of the Belloc. Yeah, I guess he's kind of the Belloc. Maybe and, more Belloc, less Indy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Does that make Mom? Um, Marion. Marion. I guess so. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and I'm then, your goddamn partner. <laughs> oh, do, do, do you remember like Dad's wine? Like, oh yeah, he used to make his own homemade wine, so this could oh. be his own home vintage that he tries to get Marion drunk. On. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was awful. It was not good. Sorry, Pop. No, I know you no, listen to these, but honestly, yeah. he was such a creative we are guy. not winemakers. We are not. <laughs> you, you, yeah, the, the label ham, ham wine, yeah. doesn't sound good. I think yeah. right off the bat, you'd be like, <laughs> "Is this fermented ham in there?" Like, that, yes, yeah. ham chunks. It's hot ham water. Of ham. That's it. <laughs> Ham and bubbly. Yeah, hot ham water. <laughs> that's it. Uh, so, yes. yes. Uh, anyway, that's my week. Yeah. Tell me about your okay. week. Um, yeah, good. Uh, busy, busy. Still kind of finding my feet as far as, uh, you know, uh, my, my new role and new job and, and uh, things like that. New job, being self-employed and all that kind of BS. And, yeah, yeah. And stuff. And but that, you're loving it? You're enjoying it? Uh, yeah, yeah. There, it, There's lots to enjoy. There's lots that's kind of tricky. I hear your boss is an asshole. <laughs> he is. He is. He's a... He's a that's the beast. Sure. <laughs> he's the beast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's it's pretty good. Um, but um, what's what's cool is uh, right now, um, you know, we're trying to find cool, fun activities for the kids, things to do, things to um, you know for sports and, and things like that. And yep. so one of the cool things, and I, I don't know if I've talked about this already, but I'm just I'm, I'm so happy about it. Is um, oh shit, I don't know if I've talked about this. It's been so long. I don't know, uh-huh, but it's because um, I run a youth D and D right, right on uh, every other Saturday. And of getting getting my daughter to come, 
Right. Well, you've you know. definitely talked about getting Indy geared for school. Yeah, for school. Because she's got yes. her own club there. That's right. Uh, but yes. So now she comes to this, and it's at my buddy's shop. And um, so the kids are there, and, and, and she's she has, I think, lots of fun. She's getting into, like, painting miniatures and right. things like that, which is she's cool. She's always been very crafty. Yeah. And and so she gets to come, and I get to weave a story, and she gets to play with other kids and, and uh, go into the And Nick. And stuff. And Nick. <laughs> okay, this is the one big kid in the back. Like, That's it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, we get to have a lot of fun with that. And so it's been really cool uh, getting her to, to come and, and, and play with the kids. And, and it's funny because, you know, she loves stories. She's actually reading a lot of fan fiction oh, <laughs> right oh, now. No. For, not bad stuff, but for like Percy Jackson and oh, stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Because she's obsessed with Percy, Percy Jackson. I thought it was going to go full Twilight and just get weird. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, not yet, I'm sure. But um, I'm going to try to push her to write kind of her Percy Jackson fan fiction. Oh, this is a really good idea. Good yeah, for you. Yeah, So anyway, I guess what, what is the, the parenting is that is that, oh, I, I am, some of our interests are starting to mesh, which is always fun. And I always want to take interest in what they do, of course, no matter how boring or stupid it is. But it, it's, no. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> I think there's a huge value in, in yeah. doing things creatively. So that's, yeah. that's awesome, Tristan. Yeah, it's been kind of fun. Kind of thing. But um, okay. Um, I think we're caught up. I've, I've, I've got a pressure. No, no, I've got an impression yep. uh, as to, you know, where you've been in the last uh, nine days. Because uh, I had no idea you were gone. Oh, well, I it actually, seemed like it was almost no time at all. Well, I actually tried to record one of these myself. Oh, did you really? Uh, I did, I did. And it's, um, it's kind of myself with myself reviewing a movie kind of thing. And, and, and really just <laughs> trying it out. So I've got a quick recording of that right now. I'm going to, I'm going to. Give you a little taste right now. Please do. Okay, here it goes. <laughs> so it goes on like that for about about two hours. So here's the thing. Yeah. It's actually 100% better than having me here. <laughs> so, so honestly, I think I think we've moved to a new format now. Nice. I can I can be artistic producer. I can watch, and I'm just gonna let you cry. Nice. And I'm sure we'll get a bunch of weird fetishists. Start <laughs> no kidding. They'll be getting their own shine box right, right there. Lean into the microphone. <laughs> no kidding. Could you pinch your nipple? <laughs> well, it was Why did we go German? <laughs> anyway, let's go back to Albania. Let's go back to okay. Albania. So Very tell good. me about the film. We so we're about going to... Oh, you know what? Uh, I love this film. Yes. This is such a fun, fun show. I loved it so much. Yeah. Uh, back when I was a kid and there was all kinds of like... Uh, I don't know. As soon as I got a frisbee yes. and I watched this movie, yeah. I was whipping frisbees at everyone and trying to defend myself with frisbees. Yes, yes. And then when the cereal boxes finally caught on, yep. and they included the little discs in the shreddies and the Cheerios, remember that, that? That's right. I totally do. Yeah, yeah. That was fun because I mean, trying to deflect something with that like oh. three-inch diameter fucking disc. You're getting it in the eye, like every <laughs> the eye or crotch. It was like a fifty-fifty yeah. chance. Like pick your pick your poison. <laughs> but yeah, no, the deadly discs of like those little. Mini ones. Anyway, Tron. We're going to mm -hmm. talk about Tron today. Mm -hmm. So, um, Tron 1982. So this is 1982. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking a little bit about this as we were watching it, and I always, uh, I'm mindful of everything that kind of came out of Star Wars. Yeah. So I don't know that this is necessarily like a direct representation for sure, obviously. But what I thought was cool was mm -hmm. just this idea of light. Like yeah. it seems like everything now is, you know, uh, about light and technology, and you know, we're some shows that came out at the time really sort of embraced the idea of technology. Mm -hmm. This is a lot of tech phobia. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of, you know, the sort of the ghost in the machine that, that does a machina. Yeah. And, you know, what does that mean to sort of give ourselves to intelligent technology? What's the downside? Mm -hmm. And 
uh, <laughs> not to skip way ahead, yeah. but at the very, very end, when you listen to the credits, the credits go very technology, yeah. and then they go to like a pipe organ. Oh. So they really go from like a kind of an electronic sound, and then it goes to a very granular, almost like uh, old world, old timey sound, and it's this idea wow. of re-embracing you know, our, our authenticity as opposed to everything being digital. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of a neat transition. I'm sure they did that very purposely. Yeah, I betcha. Yeah. Because it is. And what you're talking about here as well, which is neat, is is that Tron was able to, it was built in a time, maybe influences, I mean, definitely it was, it got the green light because of Star Wars, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But um, but essentially, it was so new, this technology, and yes, a lot of people didn't understand it and were fearful of it, but they also, that gave them license. They could have made, the sh made so much shit shit up about technology and that universe and stuff like that. They just went like, oh, computers can do this and this, and they kind of did. Well, and they're getting to but, that now, like with Chad, or with Chatbot, like uh, all the... Oh, uh, GPT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like the hyper-intelligent information coming out that's just sort of a synthesis of all kind of existing knowledge, but given yeah. nuances. Yeah. Like, what's that next step of sentience? I think we're kind of on a precipice of things, maybe changing a little bit, mm. uh, said Skynet. My user lord. Skynet? <laughs> Skynet. No. It's a little yeah. bit crazy out there. He's going to get there. Okay. That's it. Oh, I got a little Skynet on me. No, I'm kidding. Oh, no. When squirrels are masturbating in trees, they kind of lands on you. Just... Skynet. No, yeah. Oh, my shoulder. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Telling me Gross. what to do. Yes. <laughs> but no, I, I, honest, yeah. I honestly feel like things are going to be changing in the next little bit. And you and I have competing theories about this movie yes. a little bit because yeah. I have sort of... Uh, tapped into a bit more of the religious aspects because they talk about the users being sort of a religious experience. So that, they um, you know, if you believe in them, yeah. then you're some sort of zealot. But yes. at the end, it's the users that prevail. So is this Disney's attempt to re-embrace more of a wholesome... Because Disney always had a very much, like, you know, a wholesome, very uh, pasteurized view yes. of what the world would be like. And maybe this is sort of them, you know, having a bit of... Um, I don't know, a bit of a discussion or yeah. a bit more of a, an allegory towards that. And your thoughts, though. Yeah, and, and so it's definitely there. Like, they talk, they blatantly say, oh, that old religion and stuff like that. So, Correct. yes, it, it, that makes sense. What was tricky was that, like, immediately when I think religion and movies, because a lot of this fits, I'm starting to think about, okay, what is the... The, the kind of Jesus allegory around that time. What is that? Is that New, that's New Testament, yeah? All the... When Jesus comes, yeah. Yeah, so yeah that's all New, New Testament, Testament stuff. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like... So <clears throat> I found myself trying to shoehorn New Testament comparisons in there. And I I couldn't make it, it fit myself. It's not entirely comfortable. No. I agree with you. So so that's I was like, ah, you know, and I'm trying to like, ah, because definitely religion is there. But religion also has uh, a lot of uh, influence in politics. And sure. it does. Like, it's it's tough to separate church and state, right, in a lot of ways. And, and um, because it, it plays it in, like... All the, all the, the, and prime ministers, but also U.S. presidents, to a degree, are all um, religious. They all have to be. To I was going to say they have to present themselves as religious. I don't yes. know that there's an actual degree of religiosity, but you're yeah. going to lose part of your base if you don't. Yeah, that's right. Sure. So, so it's there's always an aspect of it. It's always present. For sure. There, right? Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And then I started to think, like, well, maybe there's like a real political statement happening here, and it doesn't have to be super overt. <clears throat> Excuse me. It doesn't have to be like, you know, uh, massive communism, even though there is a real sense of communism, but not necessarily for the bad guys kind of thing, you know, like the uh, uh, Zark and Master Control aren't necessarily the Communist Party. Well, if anything, of. they're more like dictators. It's, yeah. it's like a czarist. Kind yes. Of, maybe Zark and Tsar are... There, there are... Go. 
uh, guitar. No, but, that, but like it's it's. There, it's there's there. more to that too. But I mean, Sark's really just kind of a, a puppet, really for Master Control. He's not. That's right. He's not. He's a figurehead, if anything. Yeah. So almost kind of like, and again, I don't want to be as, as obvious as say like like Adolf and Mussolini or something like no. that, right? But there but, is. But I, I feel like there's more of that in the second one. Yeah. Because it definitely seems like Clue has that kind of more yes. uh, dictatorial and certainly armies and conquering. Like that is, that's, you know, moving out yeah. and spreading that influence outside the grid is oh. 100% where that goes. Oh, sure. Because cause like he has, uh, you're right, because he, he has whole um, like b- battalions going around mm-hmm. the grid collecting those that are different. They're often programs that are maybe corrupted and things like that. And so his his soldiers are very much rounding up the undesirables and de-resing them. Right? Yeah, well, so, and, and especially, you know, that whole group that starts to form out of nothing. Like, that's when, you know, Flynn sort of is keeping that one person yes. set aside as the one who uh, who existed out of nothing and kind of spontaneously... The yeah, true formed. AI. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only part I, I could would maybe fight you on this one is yeah. because Flynn so overtly has like religious connotations. Like yes. he is almost messiah esque. He can perform miracles. He yes. brings people back to life, or at least yeah. can heal. Yeah, uh, and he can manipulate the environment around him with his programmer skills. So there, there's just a little bit more of it that you could probably put in. But you're right. The more you try yeah. to shoehorn it, the less organic it feels. So maybe he's less of a Jesus kind of monk because Jesus. Uh, you know, in, at least in the New Testament, wasn't kind of, wasn't so much bumbling about in the way that Flynn does. Oh no, Flynn's a fool, but I mean, yeah. but that's he, he that more, fish out so, of water, like, you know. So so maybe maybe Flynn's more like, like kind of a physical representation of Christianity it, versus like doing miracles and, and kind of changing the ways. But here's the weird thing Shoot. That, that made it hard for me is that this religion existed already when the grid was formed. Mm-hmm. People were um, talking to users and celebrating the users and things like that. Sure. And then Master Control came in and and gave them almost agency. They were like, no, no, we're, we don't have to be beholden to these, these commanders in the sky. We actually can have our own free will in a sense, even though he enforced his own will eventually. But he was like, no, no, no. I'm I'm more of a uh, a deity that you can see and who can literally interact with you and destroy you if I want to. Right. On a very visceral basis. And so it was almost like religion existed. He came in with his Scientology maybe. Sure. You know, came and started to to overrule. That's why it felt more uh, much more, uh, um, kind of more political in a sense, because he comes in and tries to show them a new way and, and a dictatorship, very much so, but in the end, they go back. So Christianity was like an idea, and then people wanted got behind it, and, and then it, it grew and grew large, yep. even though people who already had existing religions tried to squash it. So that's why, that's where it doesn't quite fit for me, I don't know. That's fair. I mean, again, this whole thing is about, you know, technology supplanting belief, right? Like it's if the tangible, now that you've got, you know, someone who can physically harm you as opposed to believing in these benevolent users who could come down and and give you these, you know, gifts or give you communication. Or or, still erase you if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Like, I mean, there's still a smiting of like an Old Testament kind of feel to it. Yeah. But it's the re-embrace of that uh, belief that comes through to actually save everyone on the grid. So, I mean, you know, again, I feel like this is Disney really just kind of like having a, a say and, you know, let's go back to traditional belief. Let's go back and yeah. not get too too locked into what technology can give us. Yeah. Because it's oh, it, it's yeah. it's this whole, you know, the religion itself yeah. of belief that gives you s- salvation in the end. Yeah. That, anyway, that's my take. But let's talk about the film. So okay. 
Now that we've already, is it, is it already over? Are we at like an yeah. hour and a half already? We're, it's, just, it's been four hours now. Holy shit. Yeah, we no, got we into a lot thing. to say. <laughs> we did, that was like a, yeah, a solo from fucking Leonard Skinner. It yeah. is going We're free going. birding right now, <laughs> for sure. All right, so, okay, let's talk about the film. Okay, walk us through this film. All right. Wait, 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 how, wait. How much time? Well, we've already eaten up a lot of time, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, let's just, let's snap this off. Nice and easy, oh. with a four and a half. With Skynut? With Skynut. Let's... You're talking about snapping off <laughs> Let's Skynut. Sky this. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. Two, two and a half minutes. That's it. I'm let's up. let's spread the seeds of this movie. Discontent? <laughs> all right, here we go. Yeah. So, you know, the film is actually kind of cool because it, you know, you get a little bit of the, the grid and stuff and you've yeah. got some of the video game playing, but it opens up with Sark doing life cycles. Mm -hmm. And I think what was really brilliant about this movie is they released a lot of these video games around the film. So life cycles, I mean, yeah. that's a pretty basic game, but then you get into Atari, and Atari was really big for us. But yeah. anyway, all that aside. <laughs> so Sark's on, um, fighting with life cycles. He's going through, he's in a, a blue cycle, he but he's is. fighting a red cycle. So there's a reason. And Tell I me did, about I this. didn't realize this. Yeah, that was a, like a later thing. And that's why sometimes the color kind of coordination is off, is originally they thought, oh, the, um, they, I think it was the, the, uh, the bad guys were all going to be in blue. Right. Originally, it was that the bad guys were going to have that blue accent, yep. and the good guys were going to have an orange or a red type accent, or even a yellow. But I feel like the influence of Star Wars now would make it so that you would want to be red because of Darth Vader's lightsaber. That's right. Oh. So so at some point, they were like, oh, fuck, no, let's... No, red. Crisscross. Crisscross. Okay. Yeah. So nice. that's why sometimes we see the bad guys in blue light cycles uh, and the good guys in different colors, like when we'll get introduced a clue, yep. is orange. Correct. Orange or yellow, yeah. But I think he's also like in stealth, right? Like he's that way We've because assumed that, but the real reason is, is they were still deciding on what to do. I see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, whatever. You yeah. can play it all out. It yeah. still works. It still and, works. I, I actually really like, because then in the next movie when Clue is that color, yes. uh, it does It does fit. And they must yeah. have thought that through. You know, now we've got this. He's already established as being this. Mm -hmm. uh, where you go. So anyway, uh, he kills him off. Yeah. And then there's a bit of bravado, right? Like he is talking to yeah. Master Control. You know, he's wiped out one of these programs. And he's very confident. Sark's like kind of yeah. talking and thinking, you know what? I'm not really getting any challenges. And now he's going to get another military control program. And um, then you see uh, Clue. So this clue comes through. Well, it's Flynn at a computer first, right, right? right? Typing away, and then it shows us, okay, he is literally interacting with the grid. Yeah. And it, you're right, it goes to clue. Yeah, and so he's in a tank, yeah. and he's driving around, and they're trying to find this missing information. You kind yeah. of have a sense of what it is, but you don't exactly know what it is. That's right. And he's talking directly to his user, right. Flynn. Right. Which you never see any other program do except for Tron at the end. That is true. Yeah. So he's he's got a direct connection with his user. These, these, and, and if we're talking about, oh, users don't exist and stuff like that, there is a direct correlation between this. Makes, a lot, makes yeah. a lot of sense why they would want to de anyone who's had contact with it, because if yeah. you're trying to get rid of that mythology, yeah. you don't want any confirmation that you can actually speak to your user or to God. Exactly. So Clue is driving away yeah. uh, down in the grid. He's in his tank. He's got his uh, buddy there. Yeah. Bit. That's right. And so he's talking to Bit, and Bit's kind of like a, a yes, no, he's very binary, obviously, like it's, kind of, yeah. you know, very much computer-esque. Yeah. And uh, he's asking no questions, and, you know, Flynn has pumped up Clue. Yeah. Uh, but as they're going through, they end up running into trouble, because he gets spotted by the... The... Uh, recognizers. Recognizers, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of neat. I love these things. Oh, you know, they're iconic. They, even the sound of them is so great. I feel like in, in terms of uh, Disney sort of uh, visuals, yeah. it's like having Maximilian come swooping down yes! at you. Yes! Uh, but multiple Maximilian. 
Jackson Millions with yeah. less personality. That's right. So he tries to get away. From and the he, black hole for anyone who... Yeah, yeah no, I'm so, kidding. Yeah. I like this conversation. Right. Uh, no, that's rabbit hole. Those are different. <laughs> Keep going. Anyway, um, so uh, he's trying to get away. Um, he's launching, he's shooting, and I think he's destroying a couple, but he's being outnumbered. And eventually, he makes a wrong turn, lets out a, a, an incredible scream. Yep. And just <laughs> hits a wall. Yep. And so he breaks out of the tank, and Bit goes flying. He's yes. like, get out of here, get out of here. He does, he runs off. Yeah. And he goes, and Clue gets captured. Yes. And then we see Clue in front of um, Match Control. Yes, and Sark. So they're, Sark. they're, they're doing yeah. some interrogations there. That's right. What I thought was interesting was, Clue right now is a very basic program relative to what he becomes in the second movie. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have Flynn's skills, because we, we see later when Flynn uh, is approached by Alan, yeah. uh, that he's actually quite good at tank battle. Like, in fact, he sets the highest score. That's right. So it's interesting right now that, you know, in the very basic nature of the way that programming works for computers and for video games, yeah. you know, you're trying very hard to make the AI as much of a reflection of you as you can. Literally. But the, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I think yeah. it's really cool that way. Yeah. But, you know, in this instance right now, Clue doesn't quite have that same level of capability. Yeah. And he's much more um, deferential. Like, we, you were talking about this before. Flint's kind of a bumbler yeah. when he actually gets to the grid. Yeah. Clue's actually quite confident. Like, yes. he, he has an understanding. He speaks very precisely. Yeah. He's kind of a, an, an electronic version of him yeah. without the humanity. And maybe this is, again, something that they're trying to get at. Like, you can never fully recreate yeah. uh, digitally yeah. what is inherently human. Yeah. Anyway. This is true. And, and, and I won't talk about this now. But, but there is, there's something happening in the technology landscape right now. Because I'm lucky enough to kind of talk to a lot of people who are doing incredible things with AI and stuff right, right now. Right. Uh, and um, there's a, we're on the cusp of what's called a, a fifth industrial revolution. Interesting. Yeah. We've we've had four, and the time in between, it's called the rate of change. It's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. But this new revolution is really fascinating. It's called personalization. Okay. It's the amalgamation of now human and technology. Because yep. before, our... Uh, and I won't go on about this, sorry. Our, our, no, no, we got lots of time. Woo! Uh, we're only at like <laughs> 20 seconds. That two and a half minutes is just <laughs> getting gobbled up like Pac-Man. <laughs> Who's in this movie? He's in this movie. Anyway, so... Um, uh, our, our rate of changes is accelerating, accelerating, and and every revolution so far has been marked by a technological advance. Correct, right? right. By um, you know digitization for way back to um, you know oh, steam e engine and blah blah blah. blah even blah, the blah. use of textile right. machinery, like for yeah. sure, like could have led to those big increases in like the ability to make clothing and other other sort of advancements. Go yes. ahead. The last one was communication. It right. was another. It was the internet, basically giving us freedom. It was technology giving us freedom to information <laughs> to, to post all the worst memes, all the worst memes, yeah, and all it. the worst comments. On uh, Twitter. Okay, the <laughs> trolls came back from mythology to actually live now in our world. <laughs> so there you go. So, so this next revolution is going to be personalization, where people are realizing the innovation of the human versus the innovation of the machine. So this is neat mm -hmm. because, and this is anyway, I won't get too much into it. Too late. But <laughs> um, yeah, but there is anyway. It's it's really interesting that you mentioned that because it is everything has been marked by technology, technology, technology. Mm -hmm. But we're we're starting to forget the amalgamation of human, and so it's that humans will always be necessary because we have not cracked that deep dive. We have not cracked that true humanization of artificial intelligence. I don't think that's actually going to happen. 
it'll always be a pale comparison to what is actually yeah. there. Or, I mean, in our foreseeable future. Yeah. Like, they're talking about virtual offices, for example, where your mm -hmm. avatars would sit next to other people in their sure. offices, other avatars, yeah. and could interact, you know, in, in VR. Yeah, and I think that's just a tool. True, but again, yeah. an avatar is not really you. I mean, it's a it's a digital representation, and it's a false representation because it's always smoothed over or your own best vision of what you would want yourself to be. Yeah, but to actually render yourself, like I'm, I'm thinking about like um, Ready Player One. Yeah, and you get to choose any kind of cool avatar that you wanted to be in this yeah. world. But if you're hiding behind a false illusion of who you are, is that really authentic? And are you? you know, fooling yourself as well as the people around you. It's it's an interesting conundrum yeah. as you start to lose yourself in what you want yourself to be. Because now people will always assume that too when dealing with your avatar is like, is this really you? Mm -hmm. There's always like, maybe not. And so we'll always have suspicion, right? Of course, And I think absolutely. that suspicion is what's going to keep us from truly embracing like a, a full AI and things like that. Or, or at least there'll always be a portion where, you know, that in-person interaction will have such a premium yeah. because then you see the person for who they actually are as opposed to, opposed to who they want themselves to be. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I get that. Anyway. All right, anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Clue gets de-rets. He gets killed That's off right. in this. and now oh, it's a horrific scream. Oh, yeah. When he is getting ready He's like Johnny screams. He like every, He hits the wall and he screams. Yeah. He's like not, he's not the toughest guy. No, no, but it's, it is horrific. Like I got actually scared by him getting derez, like it looked painful. Totally. Because it goes through cycles, right? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, and Master Control suspects it's Flynn who's doing this, but he wanted confirmation from Clue, who would not budge. Right. And what does Clue get for his loyalty? Uh, derez. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't survive this, but he does come back. And it's interesting to me that mm. um, in the second movie, yeah. that um, they would have brought Clue back in another iteration. Like, why would you start with that same program again? Why not name Guilt. it something different? Potentially guilt, yeah. for sure, absolutely. Yeah, hard to anyway. say. Anyway, back in the so Master Control does suspect that it is Flynn, yeah. and you can see Flynn's frustrated as he's no longer able to work for the program from the user end. Yeah, and then suddenly you see a helicopter come flying out because Master yeah. Control summons David Warner's character. That's right. Uh, to be able to say like, I think it's Flynn. Yeah. Uh, we need to put security measures in place, and so they lock down security so that no one else can access their program, including right. Alan. Yeah. So now Alan Kent access his program called Tron. Right. Yeah, which is a great name too. And uh, all the names here are wonderful. Absolutely. And also, because the helicopter's coming in, every exterior shot in this movie is always at night. Yes. To accentuate, except for the very last shot, when Flynn comes in his helicopter. Right, in the light. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. And they also make good use of the neon, too. Yeah. So you can see, like, on the helicopter, it's got that same sort of red uh, digital portions to it. So they must have filmed that after the fact when they assumed, like, the, the bad guys would be red and the good guys yeah. would be blue. Yeah. So, but they do. They really try to keep a unified view of the real world yep. digitally mm -hmm. uh, sort of rendered as well as the grid yeah. itself. So, so we, we also get introduced to uh, um, the Sark in his human form. Yes. Yeah, David Warner. Yeah. Who is one of the best actors. Oh, and he's great in this too. Like, he's incredibly oh. human. Oh. Uh, and again, especially when he gets put in his place, both digitally as Sark yeah. and as his character in the real world. Yeah. Like, he does. He gets put in his place by a Master Control constantly. Yeah. Also, Master Control is uh, David Warner. Yes. Yeah, so I think <laughs> it's funny. It's got that one trifecta of him sort of, you know... I guess uh, Master Control's the beast in this. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. So, Dillinger is his name. Yes, Dillinger. So, so, so we get a quick shot of Dillinger, I think, before we get to see Alan there. Yeah. Uh, and so you get to see the Master Control desk, which is awesome. Yeah. Right? A big, big panel. Like, yeah, big touch screen. And Master Control actually speaks 
like plainly, it has AI yeah. of sorts. So it's speaking directly to yeah. David Warren, to Dillinger, mm-hmm. and, and to sort of telling them his suspicions. Yeah. Um, Bruce Boxleitner is frustrated because he can't get access to Tron, so he decides to come up and talk to uh, yeah. Dillinger and yeah. say, hey, look, I need access to my program. And he also gives away kind of a problem. So Tron is a security program that yes. would actually run in the background and could potentially hem in Master Control. That's right. Master Control hears this. Yes. Not happy. No, no. So it makes sense that he wants to hamstring Tron for sure because Master Control is doing illegal things already. Yes. He is uh, going into other networks. He is stealing information. He is um, absolutely trying to... um, Expand. Expand, yeah. And position himself by consuming information and things like that. So... Absolutely. So so it is in both their best interests to shut down Alan's program. 100%. So yeah. Dillinger tells Alan that he's going to suspend his access for two days. Exactly. So he's he's out and uh, Alan's frustrated. Yeah. He decides to go see his girlfriend who's working on the laser bank. Go ahead. That's right. Before that, um, we see one of the best performances in this movie is Alan at his desk. He's frustrated. He's also got um, a sign up on his in his, in his cubicle. Klatu, Varata, Niktu. That's right. <laughs> for sure. Um, the day the earth stood still. Yeah. So he um, he gets up and leaves, but then this genius, this absolute thespian, says to Alan, Alan, can I have your popcorn? And he gets it. <laughs> so in your mind, was it a bag of microwave popcorn or was it Air Pop popcorn? Because oh, both of those things were very popular yeah. in the early 80s. And Air Pop popcorn tastes like Nothing. farts. It is <laughs> fucking terrible. Mom, our mother yeah. makes like incredible popcorn, oh. like... Greasy, oh, like buttery, so salty, delicious, perfect. like it's like yeah. just shy of theater popcorn. It's fantastic, mm. but for some reason they decided to go on a bit of a health kick in the early '80s oh, and yeah. use that air popper. And I'm like, what yeah. the what the fuck is this? Like wall filler? You <laughs> just took like some of those styrofoam peanuts that you get and just put some salt on them. And like, here you go, kids. Like, oh, it was awful. Do you remember crying while eating popcorn a lot? No, I well, I did. It wasn't butter that was making it kind of salty. That was my tears. It was, tears. It was definitely. <laughs> Okay, for sure. So, so uh, yeah, the other sorry. thing, too, just yeah. in that background, as uh, Alan's in his cubicle, if you look, there's that matte painting in the back. Yeah. And those cubicles stretch on miles. Miles. It's incredible. If you want to have that sense of alienation and what technology can do, yeah. it's very much about, like, you know what? You're just a number. Yeah. You're not an individual. And I That's think, right. again, it's some of these thematic choices that they make to really identify, like, there's no benefits to technology. Technology is alienating. Yeah. Contact. One on one, that's that's the part that people need to re embrace. Yes. Uh, as we yeah. accelerate closer and closer to, you know, giving what more of our humanity away to technology. That's right. Yeah. But so, so he goes down to visit his girlfriend. Right. Yeah. In Laser Bay Two. And then yeah. you get to see uh her mentor, um <laughs> they're working with, and that's the guy uh what Gosh, what, he's, I always remember him mostly from Lost Boys. Yeah. Because he plays the dad. He does. He does. Uh, Don't so, touch my root beer. That's it. He's so funny. All the damn vampires. Yeah. Uh, but, yes. So they go down to go uh, see this laser project that's going on. And effectively what it does is it de-resolutes uh, items, yes. holds them in suspension, and then reconstitutes them again digitally. So let's explore that. Just a touch. Okay? Sure. Yes. Let's, let's have a little... What was the big miss that came out of this? Because if you think yeah. about future application, it would be pretty fucking incredible. Like, they're seeing the small picture, but you landed on this. Go they ahead. They just invented teleportation. 100% they did. They And, and they're so blasé about it. Like they, There's a, like a little hug. Yeah. They just... <laughs> Pop champagne. They de-resin orange, and then they re-resin orange in another... Or, I'm, they could have gone to another location or something like that, but they basically invented teleportation. Yep. 
And and it's just like, oh, good job. Yeah, like you said, oh, good job. That was fun. If they would have just had, something, if they would have held that on the <laughs> yeah. other end, like say it's in Tokyo and realigned yeah. it, boom. Like I, I, again, it's it's amazing to me that I didn't even think that went through. But when you land <laughs> it, I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> like <laughs> so, think where so they invented this thing. Yeah. And then you know, think about the second movie, like Legacy. Mm-hmm. So another 20 or 30 years has passed. Yeah. Where is that technology Where now? Where is that technology? <laughs> They're just like, well, we don't really have applications for transporting oranges. So what's the point? No kidding. It only works on oranges. Oh, and, and Flynn. Flynn. <laughs> 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 what were the chances? <laughs> but, oh my God. Like, just the, the application of that alone. And and um, is it, it the big company is Encom? Encom, yeah. Encom is made its empire on video games. Fair enough. Yeah. But it's like... Well, we're actually going to double down on space berserkers and stuff like that because we feel like that's the future versus revolutionizing the transportation industry. I was going like, to say, oh my God, could you imagine? Oh my like, God. Fucking, anyway, that would have been so cool. But yeah, whatever. I wanted to see like Brundlefly in the background or something. Okay, just... <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's negative consequences. <laughs> okay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Barfs on the orange and just like starts lapping it up. Like, for sure. Anyway, yeah, for sure. So that just, that blew my mind. Yep. Um Anywho, so yeah, they they're, they they have a little celebratory hug because they've transported an orange. Yeah, and um, Alan's continuing to kind of complain that his access is being denied and stuff like that to his and, girlfriend. And they sort of get back to this idea that it was yeah. probably Flynn who yeah. has has ruined this for everyone. Mm-hmm. So what they decide to do, and and you get a little bit of a backstory here. So Flynn had a relationship with the same girl. Yeah, uh, and obviously they're not together anymore. She's with Bruce Boxleitner. Yeah, so they decide to go and let Flynn know that Dillinger's onto them. Yes. And uh, and figure out why is Flynn continuing to, to deal with Encom? Because he's not there anymore. He left. He mm-hmm. sort of went under very inauspicious circumstances. Yeah. Uh, basically canned. And, mm-hmm. you know, now he's off acting like a kid, basically. Basically. Yeah. So, so they drive off to go and find Flynn's place. That's right. Uh, Flynn's place is this massive arcade. Yeah. Um, so funny. As we're going through, you can see everyone kind of playing their different video games, including Richie Tannenbaum, uh, who is in like, his <laughs> Adidas gear and wristbands and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, uh, did, totally. Did you ever want to work in an arcade? Oh, my God. Well, you did work in an I arcade. I did. I know. But I did. You know what? Uh, my yeah. first arcade experiences were in Fort McMurray. Yeah. At the top of the hill past yeah. our school, uh, mm. Thickwood, yes. there was another kind of little mini mall. A little yeah, bit yeah. um, uh, there, like a little strip mall, which still exists today, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we there was an arcade that was there, and honestly, you'd yeah. go in, and it was like it had that smell. Uh, it was pumped full of oxygen. It was yeah. like basically being in like a little stinky teenage Vegas. Uh, and so you'd walk around and like everyone was just like in it, man. Oh, yeah. Like pumping quarters and, yeah. you know, they must have made small fortunes on these things. I think so. Yeah. They were popular and they were they were lucrative. And that's why like pizza places and, uh, you know, convenience stores always had an arcade game in there, you know, just oh. to, to draw people in. 100%. So, um, uh, favorite video game when you were a kid? Arcade uh, game, not other game. Karate Champ. Karate Champ. Loved Karate Champ. Very good. You know, because it was it was pretty skill based. You had the two controllers. I know uh, I asked so this question when we were talking with the three geeky dads because we were doing the last Starfighter episode. But, oh, that's right. Yeah. But um, what about you? But well, so tell me a little bit differently though. Like when you were at the arcade, what was the most popular game? So let was me it preface. stabbing? Yeah, yeah <laughs> stabbing. So uh, this was in a, um, a a kind of. Not a suburb, but I guess a city just outside of Vancouver called Burnaby. Right. And Burnaby is known by having a lot of gangs. Oh. Yeah. So there is a lot of really tricky gangs there. (laughs) And so I worked at this 24-hour arcade. My shift was midnight to 8 a.m. Okay. 
And uh, at first I was like, Real this live is Mortal Kombat. Awesome. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I thought, that, yeah, exactly. I thought, this is awesome. I could finally work in an arcade. This is this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Until the manager, uh, who was um, like a, a biker, I'm sure, associated with Hells Angels. Fantastic. Handed me a bulletproof vest. And was like, "Let's we're laundering some cash. <laughs> yeah, let's basically. do this. <laughs> and said to me, right, this is, uh, fuck, how old am I? Like maybe 21 or something like that. Uh, and, and said to me, also your job is not just to handle quarters, but to break up gang fights and to stop drug kind of deals oh my god and i looked at him say what now Uh, i'm not trained for this no but the last guy he had hired you know who thought and and thought this was a good idea was like a weekend warrior with his own like police baton and stuff can't protect myself that's it and so yeah basically it was him (laughs) so islander and it exactly happened like that so he ended up uh busting um, this gang yep. it was it was this crazy gang um, that he went and busted them. They were doing a drug deal or something like that, and he busted them up with his baton. He was feeling good about himself until later that night. Right. The gang <laughs> brought twenty members and beat the fuck out of him with his own baton and put him in the hospital. Nice. Okay. So I was like, uh huh. I've uh, fuck you. I'm not touching it. I'm gonna buy some drugs off. I know. To get sweet on them, like so that so they don't kill me. What I did was was whenever I saw shit going down, I wander over to him and I would say. Hey, if you can just shift five feet to the left, there's a camera dark zone. Oh. So if you can just go there and do your business, we're cool kind of thing. So that's how I survived three months in that job. And it was awful. That sounds terrible. It was awful. So I didn't actually play any games there. I was too fearful for my life. Well, understandable. What about yeah. on your off hours? I mean, you could have probably just... Oh, I got out of there fast. Oh, I got it. I got oh, out of there, man. You know, but like a game, later games, I mean, fucking X-Men, TMNT, um, uh, as far as arcade games yep. and stuff like that, I loved. Um, I mean, the even the, the early Star Wars games were incredible oh, when yeah, you were yeah, in yeah. the uh, X-Wing. Yep, yep. Stuff like that. And the moving, the moving uh, piece, the moving pod. Yep. Yeah, that one and, was pretty good. And I played the fuck out of every Tron game, too, yep. obviously. The light disc, the light cycle, stuff like that. Totally. So, yeah. You? What, what, what your games? I was going to say, I was never really like that big of a video game person because my hand-eye coordination was shit. Huh. Like, And I didn't want to spend any money because I'm cheap. Uh, so, I mean, I'm like, quarters on this. Like, if I yeah. could get more, like, I don't know, dippity-doo. Or uh, <laughs> get a better sweater. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, for, for me, practically speaking, I had other interests. But, yeah. I mean, I really sort of embraced video games when video games were accessible. Like, now that I've got my own console, for example, uh, yeah, yeah. I love to play. But, yeah. again, uh, at the time, I just I didn't have the money to do it. And I always felt weird about the money disappearing. Because I'm like, oh, there's probably better things I could be doing with this. Wait, man, I couldn't get enough. Yeah. I couldn't get enough. And Street Fighter 2, actually. I, I, oh, I yeah. blew, I'm sure, thousands of dollars on sure. Street Fighter 2. But we, our first game console was a Tandy 1000. That thing sucks. Sucked. It was terrible. <laughs> Honestly, like, everyone's like, "Hey, look at me! I'm like, Yars getting revenge. Yeah, that's I'm it. Like, Centipede. Oh. I'm like, this is Dad's revenge. Like to make us hate <laughs> video games. But they're all like really shitty third-party versions of games. Oh, no, getting Turdipede and fucking <laughs> yeah, for the, sure. The, yeah. Hawkman. <laughs> the little hockey stick that he's like that's stomping it. away. No, this is yeah. garbage. But whatever. Yeah, and and, and super like um, Dostoevsky Bros. Kind of thing. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> Just some terrible knockoff or the like, yeah, going down uh, gulags and stuff. Oh, know. for sure. Anyway, right. Where are we? So, uh, 
So we come to Flynn. Flynn yeah. is playing Space Paranoids. He's actually yeah. doing quite well. He's driving yeah. his tank. Yeah. He's destroying all the recognizers, and he ends really? up getting the world record for highest score on yeah. the uh, on the game. So yeah. you know everyone's pretty happy. Uh, you know Alan and um, Girl. I'm going to find her name here in a minute. Dora? Carol or something like that. Something like that. Anyway, they they take go up to uh, Flynn's Laura. little loft. Laura. There yeah. you go. I should should be better at that name. <laughs> uh, Ooh, yeah, this is awkward. Um, so they go, they go up to Flynn's loft and they yeah. sort of let him know. You know what, Dillinger's on to you, you need to stop. And they get a bit more of an idea about what Flynn's trying to do. That's right. As it turns out, he had developed all of these video games yeah. that has made NCOM so powerful and so That's big. Right. That's right. But uh, Dillinger yeah. stole the files, claimed them for his own, and yeah. then became CEO. That's so right. Flynn wants to find the evidence that he actually developed the games, and then this way he can you know, get the rights or you know, be vindicated in his, in his mind for all the creative work that he's done. Yeah. And um, Alan uh, is interested in this because then he's going to have access to Tron and figure out, you know, what's going on. Because he wants to release Tron from the firewall so that he can actually... Yeah, I think he suspects that shit's going down. He kind of does. Like, and yeah. it's funny because Tron is really a closer reflection to Bruce Boxleitner yeah. than Clue is to uh, Flynn. That's right. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I think, yeah, he this whole idea of a security program, you're right. He probably suspects something's happening and that... By operating outside the um, master control, yeah, that it, it there's something that he needs to, to step into because mm -hmm. there's a lot of urgency. Like two days is not a long time no. to not have access to your program. Like, what is it like? A, what else does like Tron do for, <laughs> no, no, for no, like, <laughs> just like a like a like a sex pillow? Like I don't know. It's, or, or talks to him like I, I don't, I'm not really it's, sure. It's his pornography. Uh, you know. Base? I'm not sure. Yeah, anyway, so. he anyway. very urgently needs to get to Tron. So right. they come up with a plan to get access through the laser bay yeah. that Laura works at. So she's on board pretty easy here. She, like her research is getting funded. N you know, I, I think that um, and and uh, her she, buddy there, uh, Bernard Hughes, Bernard right. Hughes, Doctor Walter, Doctor Walter uh, Dumont, yeah, um, Dumont, thank yeah. You. He, uh, you know, their laser program is getting stalled as well. There's a scene that happens somewhere in the movie where he it, gets stalled as well. Later on, yeah, yeah. he goes up to talk to uh, Dillinger and That's you know, right. sort of says like, "These people need access to their programs. You're, you're slowing down their creativity." And yeah. David Warner sort of says like, "You're antiquated. You, you're basically on your way out." That's right. Yeah, he threatens him. Absolutely. Exactly. But but Laura has no kind of like stake in this. Like she just wants to fuck shit up. She does. It's funny actually. Uh, I, I was like, where do I know her from? And I, on the plane yeah. uh, to uh, Copenhagen, I was just watching movies to kind of like shut off. Yeah. And she's in Caddyshack. Oh. She is the girl who is kind of the, the, the tardy one that yeah. ends up with um, uh, Chevy Chase. Oh, yes. Yeah. She's the naughty sister or the naughty like daughter or oh, granddaughter, granddaughter of uh, Judge Smales. Yeah. Oh. <gasps> That's yeah. so funny. Anyway, so this is why she's a game, because she's yeah. game. She's his game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they break in. Um, well, they sneak around, and, and Flint's with his hijinks. You know, oh, I he's know. He's a little boy. He's so playful. Yeah, they open up that big door. He comments on the big door. Yep. Uh, and so they um, they go to, she sets him up in her computer. Uh, in the laser bay. Laser bay. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> coincidentally positioned right in front of the laser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's typing away, and almost immediately, Master Control figures out something's happening here. Yeah. You're trying to break in, and what what Flynn's essentially trying to do is create unsolvable problems. So if the MCU is busy, yes. that it gets confused, or that it's it's so it's using all of its resources to manage this that he can sneak in the back door and then open access so that uh, Bruce Boxleitner, that Alan can get access to Trump. That's right. That's right. Exactly that. So he's yeah, he's he's doing things. He got Master Control going. Stop. Stop. Don't do this. Stop. So this is a full Hal moment going yeah. on right now. From uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two thousand one. Uh, two thousand nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
got my babes. Uh, they just solved this whole thing, eh? <laughs> Oh my god, we were watching SCTV uh, 2009, which, oh my, my god. god, so funny. Yeah. Like, Eugene I, Levy just as um, oh Ernest Borgnine. Fuck it. so genius. It's that one quote, and, and, and I love it more now because we used to think, like, um, what is it? Um, I'm going to get what's coming to me, but no, I'm going to take what's coming to me. <laughs> it's it's super so rapey. <laughs> Oh my god, it's funny though. Oh yeah, he does an awesome job. Oh, anyway, anyway, more tangents. Okay. So, uh, Master Control is very threatened by what yeah. Flynn's up to. And yeah. decides to? To, uh, well, he's like, I want to go against you on the grid, see what you're made of. So, he arms the laser, calculates Flynn's body, and basically shoots him with the laser to digitize him and bring him onto the grid. And we are given... Such a trippy visual as he's going through algorithms and, and okay. you know, uh, MC Square. Yeah, that's like, it. Chicka doi, no chicka doi. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you. It's <laughs> all God, though, for sure. So he, he ends up um, on the grid. Correct. And he's like, what the fuck? And, and um, I was always thinking, like, is there something about the fact that he's got a tunic where everybody else is in a unitard? But I don't know. I don't think it matters. No, it's uh, it's kind of interesting that he would yeah. have, be sort of the one guy, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So he gets um, these guards come out. I love the look of these guards with the big foam costumes. That's it. <laughs> the little legs. <laughs> kind of like, ah, move it. And they zap him. Yeah. And they put him into this uh, lineup of uh, other programs. And he's going along. He gets his first glance of Tron. Correct. Yeah, he kind of sees him in... In passing, and he's kicking ass. Kicking ass. Like Tron is derezzing guys right and left. He's oh, just bold, yeah. and you can see like he's a security program, but he's the, he's the badass yeah. on the grid. It's awesome. Yeah. Just like yeah, deflecting, and just the one guy just cuts him in half and stuff. It, it is amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. So it's super cool. Yeah. My question was always, why are there clouds on the grid? Like, why are there digital clouds yeah. in place? Like, what does it serve? Yeah. I guess. If you've never seen the Earth, if you've never been outside, how would you even know that clouds existed other than now that there's digital rendings? Like, who are you trying to make comfortable right now? And maybe it's just the aesthetics of the programmers, you know, not understanding this world versus theirs, so adding aesthetics as a human would. But for the programs, they're like, meh, what's this? Doesn't mm -hmm. matter. We have no weather. <laughs> well, well, that's it. Like, what does the digital rain look like? Is yeah. it just little cubes that kind of hit down and, like, you shoo them away? I don't know. It's weird. Basically. So, um, yeah, Flynn gets talked to by Sark. He recognizes, I, mean, I think he recognizes David Warner's character, but I don't know. I but think he, he does. Sark. But, but Sark has that uh, conversation with Master Control, and now he tells him for the first time that, you know, what's this program you're going to go up against? And he's like, well, no, it's not a program. It's a user. user. And you could see Sark's taken aback. Yeah. And he, he sort of has that moment of, like, Huh. Like, yeah. as much as he talks about, you know, the zealotry of yeah. believing in users and that sort of being an old myth, like which is propaganda he gives to others, he himself actually believes you can see it. Yeah. And, and so he gets punished for that. Yeah, he yeah. seems to take away his, uh, his cycles. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We'll slow, your, slow down your cycles. Like, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Uh, which is neat. And yeah, I do like that hesitation. But then Sark is uh, back. He, he is oh, fully focused. And this is interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Because Master Control is David Warner's program. Yeah. But Sark is Master Control's program. Yeah. Like, he actually created Sark. Yes. And he's an extension of him. So it's funny because he is very dismissive of him, and he very much tasks him. But the moment Sark is threatened, there's still a love between them, or at least there's an affection, because he yeah. does give him life back that's when right. he's injured. He does. And that I wonder if that's um, affection or utility. I want to feel it's both because yeah. he he almost has like very much like I will protect you. It's very yeah. um, paternal. Paternal. Maybe, uh, yeah. That's how it feels anyway. Absolutely. 
so so that Flynn is is then um, told what's what's happening. You will play games until you are destroyed. Yep. And he is forced into some holding cells. Correct. And this yeah. is where we meet Ram. Yeah. Yeah. So I like Ram. Yeah, so me cool. too. So Ram and Flynn have an exchange. Tron's kind of in the background. You don't actually see Tron's face. He's kind of yeah. looking away and, you know, uh, Flynn's like, oh, I'm the best at video games. No problem. Yeah. Like, he's Alf. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Willie. It's it. <laughs> Just forget all the tropes. Yeah, totally. yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm being facetious. But I love it. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, so that, you know, he's kind of going back and forth. Earlier on, you actually see one of a, it was an accounting program that gets pulled in. And so Flynn's first actual contest yes. is this kind of um, JLA version yeah. where you bounce the ball off the roof That's and right. then uh, you're on a set of rings and he fights this accounting program that was coming in before. Yeah. And Flynn at this point is still like, this is, we're just, just shits and giggles. We're just having fun. I, he thinks he's dreaming. Yeah. So, so, so he's having some fun shooting, playing. Um, he gets to the better of this guy. Uh, who is about to fall yep. into nothingness yep. kind of thing. And um, Warner's watching this on his control panel, and he says, uh, finish him. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> finish him. It, it does become Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but but Flynn realizes this is more real. Like, there's consequences. So he's like, no, I'm, I'm fuck that. I'm not doing this. Yep. And so uh, Sark um, uh, drops the accounting program. He drops. Derezzes. Derezzed. Yep. And he's about to kill Flynn, too. But then Master Control says... Yeah, it kind of steps in. It's like, nope. Nope. I want to keep him. I want to kind of break his spirit and such. So he yeah. he spares yeah. Flynn. And again, I think there's still a bit of reverence yes. for humans, for the users in this. And maybe Master Control doesn't actually know what would happen if you derez a user. Like, does everything he's created then get affected? Because Flynn has a stamp on a lot in that world. So maybe that, there's a hesitation of like, oh fuck. You kill the creator, do you kill the world? Yeah, yeah. So Master Control might not even know. So that could there's be something too. to that actually. Yeah. Okay. So like that's that. why he wants him broken, yep. is that maybe he can put him in some sort of stasis yep. and, and utilize him, obviously. Maybe he doesn't know the extent of his powers, but definitely I would rather keep him alive and not risk losing aspects of this world. Well, I mean, I think he's still like trying to figure out what exactly what the implications are, right? Yeah. Like it's it's still early days. It's his first game. He hasn't done too much. I think he wants to test him and just sort of see, like you say, are yeah. there limits to what the user will do in his own world? Yeah, yeah. So it's a good it's a good point. Interesting. So anyway, uh, Flynn goes back to his jail cell. Yeah. And now he actually talks to Tron directly for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And he recognizes him in Alan almost immediately. Yeah. How do you know my user's name? Exactly. Yeah. It's a bit thrown off by it, but. Um, you know, they have a bit of a conversation back and forth, and they talk about, and if Flynn's not ready to reveal the fact that he's a user yet. That's right. He says, my user wants me to go up against Master Control. My user wants that too. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> All right then. Well, can we just have a normal conversation here? <laughs> he's like, so angry. He is, he's intense. You know, Tron, Tron doesn't fuck around. He gets no, to business. He does. Yeah. He does. So him, Ram, and Tron um, are... Uh, brought into another game. That's right. They go straight to the life cycles. Oh, I love these cycles. They're so cool. Yeah, they were really awesome. But this is where that color differentiator thing is. Seems off. Like they Seems must, off. They must have done all the cycles first and said, yeah. okay, well, you know what? Let's get them all set up. We did all the programming yeah. for it in the back end and we'll just do all the other part post. Yeah. And it doesn't completely line up, but it doesn't not work. It either. doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever. So the, the bad guys are in blue. Yep. The good guys are in orange, red, and, and yellow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just so you can identify who's Flynn and who's not. Yeah. Like, so anyway. Makes sense. They're, they're driving around. Uh, ends up that they're really, really good, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. Flynn's, like, he's a video game guy. Tron's awesome. Ram's just along for the ride. Yeah. Like, he's, he's the cheap laughs. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I got a maple shirt. Exactly. 
but but he's pretty good. And I mean, yeah. there's a parts too where Ram helps to move the the story along, especially once he gets injured. But at any rate, so they end up defeating all of the bad guys. Um, there's a huge crash that goes into one of the walls, and Flynn lands on it and says, "You know what? Let's bust out of here. We're getting the fuck out." Yeah. So boom, everyone takes their life cycles. They get off the grid yeah. and they escape. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're ripping around the grid. Uh, Sark's pissed off. He he sends an army after them. That's true. As he's doing that whole like dialogue, that's when Pac-Man makes his like guest appearance. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> he can look in the background. Yeah. He's like, yeah. sick Pac-Man on him. Like, yeah. Just <laughs> chopping, chopping through all the like uh, recognizers. Like, <laughs> doesn't that one guy come up to Zark too? He's like, uh, sure. Uh, the programs have any? And so I think Zark like backhands. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. So all these, um, you know, all, all these tanks come after them, and we realize that they're all the tank programs that Flynn wrote. Yeah, he's like, I wish I would have written so, written so many programs, like yeah. tank programs. But that's such a cool sequence, just the bikes are getting away around this really interesting obstacle course, the tanks are shooting their little bricks at them and stuff, and yep. it's, it's a neat sequence. Totally. But it ultimately ends up, because they're trying to get to a certain tower, I think. I think tr at some point Tron talks about an agenda. Yes. They like they need to get to a certain place to communicate with his user, I think it's at that point or maybe something along those lines. I think right now they were just trying to scramble to get out of there and then regroup and figure out yeah. what they needed to do. Yeah. And it's it's more when Flynn gets a hold of digital Laura yeah. that they come up with the idea of doing the communication. Like I think then he's like okay I, now that we've got a clean pathway in an old communication uh, antenna yeah. then we'll be able to get to my user and I can right, try right, to get right. a hold of it that way. Okay. But in yes you're right. In the interim um, uh, the uh, the bike's uh, finally get into trouble. Um, they get blowed up. Yep. Uh, only Tron seemingly survives this mm -hmm. and continues on. He's pissed off, but he's going to go and try to complete the mission. Mm -hmm. What we realize is that um, Flynn and uh, Ram are still alive. Yes. Um, but Ram is pretty badly hurt. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that one explosion really kind of does, does some damage to him, too. Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. So, basically, when... Um, they managed to scramble into like a little kind of an enclave of sorts. Yeah. Um, and you sort of see that there's a bit of a recognizer that's been blown up and yeah. sort of pieces sitting around. But it's interesting because like there's um there's like that little water area, right? Like where yeah. they can kind of drink and it brings some of their energy back and yeah. it almost opens up some powers of sorts for Flynn. I think you're right. Yeah, actually, because that's when he starts to manifest some of that power. So yep. there is uh, a big pool of crack, essentially. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and uh, every, everyone sort of is revitalized by by drinking from that pool. I, I in fact, that pool part happens before they start to move it. That's right. And then, of course, Ram gets injured, and then yeah. Uh, but again, so because they drank from that water, crack water, the crack water, uh, it's mo monster energy drink. Uh, <laughs> <basically>. <laughs> Exactly what it is. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. So then Flynn can suddenly manipulate the environment, like you were saying. And so he manages to reassemble the recognizer. Yeah. And uh, of course, unfortunately, Ram dies before that, you know, they get to the end of their journey. Yeah. He does stop the recognizer at one point just to sort of attend to Ram a bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, because he can do all these things, Ram certainly comes to the realization that, that Flynn is a user. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a sad thing. Poor Ram kind of derezzes. He just, his program is hurt, corrupted, something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's broken. Uh, yeah, and then so he, yeah, Flynn's flying away. He's kind of trying to uh, get to somewhere, mm -hmm. a destination, and he's not that great at flying the recognizer. <laughs> not, not especially. He's mostly yeah. a tank guy. He's not yeah. a recognizer guy. But he then uh, discovers Bit. Right. Comes yeah. back to help him because he recognizes him as his likeness of Clue. Yeah. And you mentioned this. Clue stands for Codified Likeness Unity. Yeah. So this is interesting. Maybe Flynn's whole 
uh, programming mindset was to make sure that the programs did have that resemblance to the user mm -hmm. so that uh, now when they come onto the grid or if there was ever an opportunity to make this movement that they would be able to recognize each other and who the cr who created the programs themselves yeah like it's funny when, when you hear the word clue I'm like well what is that supposed to mean because RAM obviously has an application yeah or you know a lot of the names tend to mean something that was actually yeah. happening but was clue because he was trying to leave clues mm. was he trying to leave a pathway for him should he ever you know it get further down the road with the, where the technology was going. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. There's a, there's there's a lot. I'm sure more into that. Like I know that Tron. Mm -hmm. um, people are like, oh, does that come from electronics? And he's right. like, nah, it just sounded computery cool. It does sound. That was that was really all it was. And yeah. Anyway, so as we were going through sort of the religious ideas about this, I was like, well, what's the water? Like, is this the water to wine kind of thing? Is it something where he's sort of showing? Mm. And again, that's too much of a shoehorn. I don't actually think that that's the case. It's more just like oh, power and energy. And, yeah, but it's monster energy. energy that's right. Before all the douchiest drinks came forward, <laughs> this was like turns out Flynn Mountain Dew Code Red. No, it'd be Jolt. Okay. At this point. Hey, don't don't pick on Mountain Dew. We've got listeners who enjoy that that beverage quite a bit. <laughs> I know Mark. Mark's like a Mountain Dew guy. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Okay, okay. There we go. I don't mean to uh, <laughs> besmirch <laughs> your holy wine. That's it. That that's yeah. his holy water. For there sure. you go. All okay. right. So he takes takes Ram to a shelter. Uh, Flynn's uh, contact with the panel he's sleeping on activates. So again, he's starting to have this ability to use the powers. Yeah. Um, and then basically. Um, there's that reveal that he's a user, then he's dying, and he asks him to help Tron. Yeah. And then as he dies, he's derezzed, and we move to Tron's activity. So what's Tron been up to? So Tron has infiltrated this kind of command center, this information center. Yeah. Um, but he's looking for someone in particular. And so he sneaks around and finds her. And it is uh, Laura's character, Yori. That's right. Her digital version of her. And so he, he grabs her. You can see that she's been, like, almost mind-manipulated like she's she's just like on autopilot right yeah I which think is interesting and so that's probably master controls doing is probably limiting a lot of their higher functions and just getting them as utility i feel like there's a lot almost like a thought police-esque yeah. kind of 1984-ish yeah. feel to this right like mm -hmm. everyone who's sort of part of the main politic doesn't want to appear to have any deviation in emotion yeah uh, and really like showing emotions are what the games do like you know yes. if you're going to that level you're going to die and, and they, they sort of talk about people who really get good at the games end up going into the military and it's yeah. sort of an escalation to be part of that but I, I feel like soldiers well yeah but I mean yeah. the more you get higher ranked yeah. the less emotional capabilities you need to display and I mean yeah. this is that whole idea of dehumanizing people and and it makes yeah. sense to me that she would be very very rigid yeah. and try yeah. to control her emotions control her uh, reactions especially when she sees Tron who obviously in the game she also has a relationship with so yeah. this is interesting how does that happen out of the game in the real world where there's this relationship but she's never met Flynn yeah. In this. She's never met Clue. Yeah, it's weird. It um, Maybe they did have a thing. Maybe they did have a thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the uh, Tron kind of um, snaps her out of it yep. and um, talks about how he's going to go try to find his user, and she gives him a bit of a plan. Right, to go and see Dumont. Dumont, that's right, to yep. uh, this communications tower. Yep. And so they're going to go do that. Yes. At the same time, Flynn, um, he, he wrecks his recognizer after a few attempts. Yeah. And he, yeah, he also sees that um, the soldiers are, are uh, there's a purpose for the soldiers. They're off to do something as well. So he, I think at that point he go and goes and assumes the guise of yep. one of the soldiers. And Correct. he discovers his power that he, I mean, he's, he's got the blue highlights. Yeah. And that he can go and absorb uh, people. Kind of sucks the life out of him a little bit, doesn't does, he? Like Master Control does. Kind of. Yeah. Interesting. So is Master Control understanding more about, like, 
it's it's funny. I think he starts to emulate more and more of what Master Control's powers are like in the grid. Like, yes. is this why Master Control would be so threatened and yeah. so curious about what he would do? Because maybe he recognizes there's things that that Flynn doesn't even know his potential yet. Yeah. So he and potentially uh, Flynn could absorb Master Control at some point. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, and I'm, I'm sure I'm skipping over a few things, but um, so that's kind of what Flynn's doing. He's 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 trying to infiltrate, but at the same time. Um, Tron and Yori make it to this tower. Yep. Dumont's tower. Um, they get spotted, but they they go and they, they go to speak to Dumont. Yeah. And they uh, and Dumont recognizes that people are coming to um, capture them. Yes. So he creates a door. Yep. They bring um, out a logic probe to bust through it. Yeah, bring up the logic probe. Yep. Um, so he gets probed. Yeah. Uh, logically. <laughs> and so um, then. Um, Dumont gets convinced by Yori to allow connection between Tron and Alan. Correct. So uh, the, this is where you sort of see this idea that the discs are the communication yeah. method. And this is cool, right? Like, so not only is it a weapon, but it's also like a benign uh, way of, of speaking to God yeah. uh, or speaking to your user. I think it's, it's neat that the weapon is kind of that communication tool. Not just him being in the light, but yeah. actually sending the information via disc. It's almost neat. It's almost, I wonder like when a the disc, disc drive. The yeah. disc drive. Yeah. I wonder when the disc became a weapon. Maybe when the master control took over and was like, let let me repurpose this thing that was meant for communication into uh, a weapon. Mm -hmm. And so people lost the knowledge that this was actually a communication tool. Instead, it was like, oh, this is what I need when I'm on the grid as a weapon. Well, it's, it's like now where information is being weaponized. I mean, yeah. it's, it's very much like this. Ooh. I know, I know. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's some foreshadowing, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, so yes, he does manage to contact Alan. Yeah. Uh, but then they realize now they have to get out of here because yeah. you know, uh, Dumont's gonna, you know, get probed, yeah. uh, and so the doors <laughs> are busting down, so they need to escape, and they manage to get a hold of Flynn again. Yeah. So they they do they go into this like um, archway kind of thing, and this is when Flynn is part of the soldier group, right? And Tron is fucking up everybody, yeah. which is awesome, it and is he instantly good. knocks Flynn off the bridge, right? He's about to kill him, and, and he's like, hey, Tron, it's me, it's me, kind of thing. So he brings him back, yep. saves him, and Flynn then returns back to blue. Right. Without absorbing Tron. Huh. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know why he kind of stole the life from one, but then didn't take the life from Tron. I don't know. Maybe some subconscious thing. Who knows? Could be. I mean, we were just like, fuck it. Let's just do this. <laughs> okay. If we kill off Tron for this very specific part, then, you know, the show's yeah. over. So let's not do that. They hop on a solar sailor. That's right. Yeah, so they escape. They're, they're heading to Master Control now. Yes. Um, now that they've got the information from Alan, they know yeah. how to defeat him. What they need to do is use the disc, yes. go into this one unsecured spot that Master Control has. Yes. A kind of a, a, a bit of a, you know, a break in the armor. Um, and if they can get the disc into that, then it will distract them long enough that they can shut the program down and then Master Control will be finished. That's right. That's right. Uh, Tron now has the weapon. Yes. Basically his disc. Um, and so um, they take off on this, but then they're being pursued. Uh, Sark's big, massive ship. Oh, yeah, that's pursuing. huge command ship. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. And we got a cool look at more of the the outback of the grid, as it were, you know? The, the, ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, All the digital kangaroos are right there. But there's like, wicked spiders. <laughs> that's right. There is. So it's the fucking Aussie it outback. It is actually like the Aussie outback. There's, yeah. What the fuck is with the spiders in Australia? I don't know. Why did they congregate there? <laughs> but they're sending recognizers, and there's the spiders, and they're escaping. And Flynn does something, because uh, they're following along a consistent power source, yep. which is very powerful. It would destroy anyone who touches it. Yes. But Flynn is able to shift the ship onto an alternate power line. That's right, using his hands. Using his hands, using this insane power. Yeah. 
I think this is when they recognize that he is a user. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no questions after this. Yeah. So they 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 are going, but it turns out Sark's ship is too powerful and it ends up destroying. Right. It smashes into it. Their little solar sail. And Yori's so Yori's captured, captured Flynn's captured, captured, but Tron is not. Yeah, Tron escapes. Tron lands. Yeah, he's like yeah. kind of manages to exist, and then I think Sark sort of spots him, right? Well, eventually, but no. Um, it's so they're taking this ship to yep. go to Master Control, and yep. the reason they're taking this ship is all these older programs are now going to be absorbed, Tron and a bunch of others. That's right. That's right. So he is he's going to absorb all these legacy programs. Yep. So yep. he needs to see them in person, uh, and put them on like a gravitron ride. And so, <laughs> so they're going, and so Sark's going to derez his ship and take off in this little, um, what you call it, like a like pod, right, kind of thing. And so he leaves um, Flynn and Yori on the ship to become derezzed as well, right. Uh, and Tron, I think, makes it onto the escape pod. That's, that's what I'm assuming because he just kind of shows up eventually. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so they they break out of their. Um, their cell, and they go to the, the control panel for the ship. Yep. But Yuri is being absorbed. She's losing her power because of the de-resing of the ship. Yeah, but Flynn manages to keep, like, the ship from de-resing because uh, he can manipulate the mainframe. So yes. he actually uses his power yes. to hold the ship in place. And he saves Yuri. That's he right. He gives her, an, unlike Ram, where he fucks up there. Yeah. Yeah, poor Ram. Uh, <laughs> but, he's, he, but he's just learning his powers, I, right? I, like, so he, he does. He manages to save her. You're right. He does. He saves and then they have their moment after the fact. Yeah. Like a little smoochy smooch. He does. He gives her a little uh, computer smooch. That's it. He is the person He interfaces. Who he yeah, no, interfaces. No, no, no. That's it. Yes. Her a USB. Uh, no, the <laughs> female end. That's right. Um, but and, and that is the birth of uh, internet porn. <laughs> uh, and so uh, he's a catalyst for a lot of stuff. He's just making it happen. <laughs> but they land. And they are off to go, um, no, they don't land. No, they, they manage to drive the ship over to Master Control. Correct. At that point, Master Control has brought all the legacy programs, put them on the Gravitron. That's right. Is, Trying to make them puke. Yeah. So that all of their like, information will spit out into <laughs> his body. Exactly. <laughs> but Tron shows up. Yes. And he starts wiping out guards left and right. Totally. Yeah. To the point where Sark now recognizes Tron as a threat. Yeah. Uh, and comes down to fight him. Because he's, yeah. up to this point, has been beating the shit out of everyone. Yeah. And he's pretty confident. Yeah. And so Sark and Tron have an epic battle. And there's almost like a, a Darth vader moment of, you know, yeah. why don't you join me? That's it. We could have been like a great team. Like, yeah. Trying to bring him in, almost like a Luke Skywalker-esque. Exactly. So there's a little bit of a... Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And a blue lightsaber versus uh, red. Uh, that's like poetry. Yeah. Uh, uh. Ooh! Shut up, Lucas. That's it. Uh, so they... Um, no kidding. All the lawyers come in from the top of the grid. Like, <laughs> stop, stop! <Yeah. laughs> All these chinless men. Like, yeah. yeah digitally rendered Lucas comes walking up. And just, yeah, for sure. So, uh, Zark... Um, uh, well, Tron, Tron manages to... Uh, what a move. Oh, I love this. Through Sark's disc. Yeah. Through his head. Yeah. And you can see the little bits pouring out of his oh, forehead. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, he's done. Except Master Control again. There's there this paternalism. Is. There it is. So he steps in and he's like, I'm going to yeah. give you all of my functions. I'm going to give you yeah. all of my power. Like, it's... Uh, it's almost like that transfer. Like in this case, maybe like it's almost like Sark's Jesus in this plague case, right? Like, mm -hmm. his, he gets all the power of, of his user, yeah. and you know, he becomes sort of all powerful. He goes gigantic. Yeah, he's full Ant Man on this. He just <laughs> tries to like you know stomp down and, and continue to fight Tron. Yeah. What happens then? Well, Tron's unable to get any damage happening to Sark. He's too powerful. Correct. He's blocking the discs and stuff like that. Oh yeah. At the meantime, Flynn and Yori are flying over. 
the the control tower where the master control is. Correct. And Flynn's got this idea. He's like, I gotta help Tron. Like he's not gonna win. I gotta distract him. Gotta distract the master control. Right. So he's like, fly me near the beam. Yep. And so Yuri does, and Flynn sacrifices himself. He jumps into Master Control's beam. I don't know. I yeah, I guess it, his connection to the outer world. Yeah. And and distracts Master Control, turns him another color. Yep. Um, and provides that space. Yeah, basically pants himself, leaves, leaves <laughs> yeah. an opening. Yeah. Unzips. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and then Tron utilizes that opportunity to whip his disc yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> that's where internet porn starts, right there. Well, that's the old, the darker side of internet. Well, it's yeah. all dark. There's, there's no upsides. It's all, it's all a little, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So he penetrates the master control. That's it. And thrusts uh, his disc inside. <laughs> yeah. And uh, spreads his blue seed. <laughs> this stops. Okay. So he does. He he <laughs> he uh, downloads the program. Yes. There we go. Effectively. And Tron basically um, the the program destroys. Yep. Master control, but you also see that Flynn's little rendered body is tossed out into uh, back up the grid. Right. Right? But before we see what happens to Flynn, you can see that the master control has been stopped, that Tron has stopped yeah. uh, everything, and everything goes from red to blue. And, and when you see that master control, because he's kind of, you see his face and he's like an yeah. old man who kind of pulls back. Yeah. And but what that image of the creature that he's in, or, or sort of the casing he's in, it looked like a sphinx. It does look like a sphinx. I, I don't know what the what the idea of what that is. What's your interpretation of that? I don't know. Maybe, you know, when we were thinking about religious kind of connections, allegories, and things like that, mm -hmm. maybe it's kind of more Kanoa-based. Maybe there's there's something more Old Testament going on there. Could be, yeah. You know, because the sphinx represents Egypt, Ramesses, stuff like that. Maybe. Yeah. But or, there is something there. There is. I mean, I don't know why you would do it. Dumont had a very similar kind of body type, too. Yeah, so he maybe was these, a... Kind of like this weird cat-like... Yeah, um, yeah. In his lounge chair. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like futuristic lazy boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hedonism bot? Like maybe they're both just like, I regret nothing! <laughs> Pouring chocolate and rubbing it over. Exactly. All the grape feeders come in and <laughs> do that for them. But anyway, it's interesting that he would have that kind of body in the end. But then it's it like, is. he kind of pulls back. You know, it, it also yeah. reminds me of... Um, the scene in Black Hole, yeah. where Maximilian, where you know Maximilian Schnell, the actor, kind of yeah. is in Maximilian's body and kind of pulls back, and like it's sort of, you know, this ghost in the machine again kind yeah. of idea. Yeah, so, it is anyway. interesting. Yeah. So anyway, you're right. Flynn, Flynn sort of disappears. Uh, yeah. Everything stops. Everything starts to turn blue. Like the whole yeah. grid goes back from the sort of reddish invasion back to this utopian. <laughs> uh, no kidding. The red is out. The red is out. Yeah. yeah. The crisis is over. No kidding. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise flies in. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Yori and Tron embrace, and then we hear Berlin. Oh, God. But they've basically saved the grid. Right. We we're now uh, blasted in reverse motion of when Flynn entered the grid, and he is re-digitized. Yep. But he gets a gift. Yeah, and there's like a little uh, Don Beatrix printout <laughs> of the fact that he was the original creator of these games. And yeah. now he's got a validation. Not that you couldn't just type out the same thing <laughs> if you wanted to. Get sucked into the grid, go through all that shit, potentially get derezzed, have your whole world turned upside down. Yeah. Where you could have just like, you know, yeah. just hunt and pecked your way through. Yeah. Yeah. And validation. Yeah, anyway. that is enough, apparently. Because then we go to uh, a city scene where uh, a helicopter misses daylight. Yes, it's a really good... Get. Yeah, good, good catch. 
Daylight is coming. Um, Flynn comes back. We ascertain that he is now the uh, CEO of Encon. Uh, and he lands on the roof and, and greets uh, Lori and Alan. Correct. Right? And um, apparently everything's okay. Yep. And they're like, hey, great. Um, we've got your computer game empire back. But I've got this project, kind of a side project. It's this teleportation bee. Do you think we should double down? Mm, no. Let me go play some tank games. That's it. Yeah, he makes Space Paranoids too. That's it. <laughs> the electric boogaloo. <laughs> For sure. No. Yeah. And, and basically, you know, happy ending from there. But yeah. again, yeah. the one thing I wanted to just note, like I was saying at the beginning, is that yeah. that weird thing of going from digital sounding yeah. credits to very much organic. Like it's almost like Phantom of the Opera esque. Yeah. I'm like, this is really, really weird. Yeah. But I think that they're really trying to make this statement of, you know, it's the human connections. Like, look at yeah. how much, even though hypothetically Flynn and Alan shouldn't be friends because, you know, they've got that sort of weird scenario with Laura yeah they do they they come together and it's that that human contact that kind of breaks this whole yeah, cycle literally human contact that's you know what I'm talking about that's, yeah the, this, the disk drive right the disk drive your master right. control program the shit out of that no for sure anyway I just yeah. I, I think there's a whole bunch of editing ed, editing or editorializing lizing Fuck, my mouth's not working today. That's okay. A lot is going on right now about Disney sort of saying what they believe to be the downsides of going too digital, too far away from human contact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really interesting stuff. So, um, the, yeah. Run the credits. music and run credits. And that's the movie. That's the movie. All right. What's next, my friend? Oh, we should uh, we should talk a little uh, cha-ching. Some do-re-mi. Do Someone set a fire in your car because it took too long and I got bored. <laughs> Money, please. So, buddy boy. Yep. Wow. It has been a wild ride. While you were away, mm -hmm. I got flooded with businesses. I mean, I, I turned some your way, but you know what? You were busy yep. in Copenhagen. Hoot and scoot. And a lot of pickled herring and like... Oh my God, food was so expensive there. Taxi was so expensive. Really? We need money, man. Like, I am broke. I'm tapped. Wow. Tell me you got someone who is going to help us I do. fund. I do. You know what? I and mean, I told you before that we're kind of expanding our reach. Right. You know, we're going elsewhere. And we're actually going uh, kind of north of St. Albert here, which is a bit rural. Interesting. There is. There's a lot of rural. And what people don't realize is once you go north of Edmonton, that mm. it is basically the Wild West. Absolutely. It is. It's rootin' tootin', there is gunplay, there is all sorts. And so you need to be prepared, right, for uh, any eventuality. But also, if you want to stake your claim sure. and start to build your homestead, you got to remove some of those trees, right? You do. you got to do it. you do, you got to do it. And so uh, a, a company that is tackling that, uh, that Herculean <laughs> effort is um, the quick and the dead arborist. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh my. In this lawless state of uh, northern Alberta, you need to answer this kind of lawlessness with lawlessness. And so they'll come in and they will shoot the fuck out of your trees. Ooh. Oh yeah, quickly. To cause them to be dead. Well, I'm surprised they're not using more axes because you've got the guy who's a great hackman at <laughs> taking those trees down. It's true. It's true. You know what? We will... Uh, come remove your trees, rob a train, uh, kill three people in the morning, have breakfast, and be back in bed before you even wake up. Not too bad. If you could decapriotate <laughs> the top of those trees and just make them fall down where you want to, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> well, and that is the quick and the dead arborist. Not too shabby. What do you got? Well, you know, one of the things that I love about, you know, our city and Edmonton is how many festivals there are. 
Oh, yeah. And so, you know, right now it's winter time, but we're going to yeah. come up on spring. And then when summer's here, it's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, in, in order to support the arts community, mm. I really want to get behind those performers. Mm. And so, you know, this summer we're going to be sponsoring Mime Bandits. They're going to be a lot of <laughs> small uh, dwarves, I mean, uh, yeah. little people sure. who are going to be out there um, doing yeah. performances. Unfortunately, sure. don't don't keep a lot of cash on you. No. We're, we're going to help to pay for them. Do not leave your wallets available because mime bandits are going to use those portals <laughs> to come behind you, steal all of your goods, yeah. and you know what? That's going to be money that comes back into our coffers. Yeah. So I think this is a mutually beneficial uh, enterprise to get involved with if you love to work with Mind bandits. I think it's fantastic because people you often uh, uh, you know associate them with the ultimate evil. Yes. Could be, but I mean, there ain't no party like a Billy Barty party. And so I'm thinking like we need to work with these mind bandits and, and really support. I love it. All right. I love it. Takeaways. Whew. Okay, so. No real parenting that goes on in this, with the exception of maybe Walter and Laura. Yeah. I mean, I think he has a very paternalistic relationship he with does. both her, but also the company. Like, I think Encom was really his baby. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you know, uh, then David Warner's character, Dillinger, kind of takes it away from him. That's right. But he's the one guy of all of it who is always kind of thinking about the big picture, trying to yeah. make sure that he's protecting people. And I really like the fact that when Dillinger is intimidating everyone and kind of pushing everyone aside, he's not afraid to stand up. And that yeah. even exists in Dumont as a character. Yeah. So I think right. one of the things I'm mindful of as I'm getting older and, you know, I'm even thinking about my career is I want to make sure that I stay relevant. I want to stay on first principles. Yeah. And making sure that you always think about, you know, not just, you know, short-term wins, but mm -hmm. what's the long-term vision? And, and I, yeah. I talk about this a lot in my own work and with the people that I work with there. But I think I want to make sure that I instill that with my kids. Yeah. Like... At the end of the day, technologically, like they're already vastly superior to what I understand about everything. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I want to foster that and I want yeah. them to embrace these things. But never forget, like, there's going to be these weird opportunities to either lose yourself in games, lose yourself in technology, lose yourself in everything and think, okay, well, I'm a, I'm a self-contained unit and there's no halo effect to my actions. Yeah. And that's not really the case at all. I mean, if more so than ever... The little things you do on the internet, the social media stuff that you do, yeah. that's going to be there for the rest of your life. So be thoughtful. Think about the long game. Think about who you are and what the person you want to portray yourself as. Mm -hmm. Not just in this moment, but, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And what are yeah. first principles? So it really kind of made me think about that a little bit. Like what's, what's, what can I instill in, in my family yeah. so that we're always thinking about us as a family unit and our extended family. Like you guys, mm -hmm. mom and dad. Uh, everyone else that we get to touch. So nice. There it is. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, for for me, for myself, um, I, more of a kind of a broad statement, I guess, is is kind of um, that it, it's it's okay to challenge. It's okay to kind of be a different voice when when something is kind of taken for granted or taken as this is the way things are done, and so you should follow suit necessarily and so I, I want some challenging some rebellious rebelliousness in my kids i want them to go hey um master control is controlling us and so i'm going to throw my disc in it sure, you know? sure. <laughs> but but just that it's okay to go hey it's okay to to go against what people are all forming behind yeah I, critical I like thinking the, right yeah critical thinking the individuality of it and and something again which is really interesting um that's being kind of uh, used a lot nowadays is what's called cognitive diversity. Sure. So it's it's getting a room full of different thinking people 
not all people that are thinking the same because the whole concept of it is oh. if you've got a room full of Steve Jobs, you're going to get the iPod, yeah. right? That it is. But if you had a room full of different people from different backgrounds who are volunteering their perspectives, you might create something amazing. Like a teleporter that like never teleporter gets exploited correctly. Never gets its due. <laughs> Damn it. This is going to be a bugaboo for you. I can't wait to like, bring yeah. this into other future conversations. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I guess that's it really in a nutshell. It's just that it's okay to question certain things, certain norms, and, and especially if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't look right. And if you recognize that maybe it's not the healthiest, healthiest path, yeah. you can be a, a voice of opposition. That's okay. I think that's awesome. Except when I'm telling them to go to bed. I was just about to say, <laughs> like, you know what? Everyone else, yeah. not me. Not me. Uh, okay. I am master control. Do, do, just, do what I say. I will yeah. de-res you. I will, I will do that. Yeah. Do you want to get de-resed? Because that's how you get deep breaths. I don't even know what that is. Well, let me show you. Yeah. Grab a frisbee yeah. and just... <laughs> 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 okay. I did not think this through. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Damn it. Anyway. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking about. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, great episode, Tristan. I think Ooh. you really like brought a lot to this. Oh. I love that we could debate You know whether it was more of like a business thing, a fascist thing, a political thing, a religious thing. Yeah. I think it's always good to bring in different ideas, just as you've just described. Yeah. I mean, well, you, you always do so much to you know keep this thing moving and always bring us together, and you've got all the great equipment, and you know, you know, you get wow. so much uh, of what we're trying to do with this. And, and wow. again, I happy to contribute. Well, I mean, but. There's only one more thing I could actually ask you to get. If wow. It was even it's possible feel, to ask. I feel like we've got everything, so I'm, I'm kind of excited just, to hear just, this. Just one more thing. What's this thing? Get your fucking shine box. This has been Get Your Shine Box with Chris Ham and Tristan Ham. Special thanks to Ross Smith for the intro and outro music. Extra special thanks to the Three Geeky Dads for just being awesome guys. Check out their podcast as well. And if you want to hear past episodes, go to wherever you consume podcasts, even Apple. Bye.